family, the people who bring the greatest joy to your life, and the greatest aggravation. Welcome to In Support of Families. Here are your hosts, David and Emily Penrod. We just had an interesting experience as grandparents that I'd like to share. We were invited to go to a 5K. Our, our son and his wife were running in this 5K race, and they have two daughters, age six and 17 months. And of course, they needed someone to supervise their children while they ran this race. And we are happy to do it. We enjoy spending time with our grandchildren. The event was held on the state fairgrounds. There were thousands of people there. Lots of people coming and going. Yes, yes. Because they they ran several races. They were, I think, every half hour or something. They couldn't have tolerated everybody at one time. It would have been a, a total disaster. <laughs> And it was also, they had a bubble-making machine. It was called the bubblegum run or something bubble like run. that. Bubble, bubble run. run. The bubble run. I, I was with the six-year-old. David was with the 17-month-old. 17 and I think we've mentioned in a previous episode that he has earned the title of the baby whisperer. I, I identify with little tiny ones. Well, and you've had years of experience. Your mother tells me you started taking care of younger siblings when you were eight or nine years old. Yes, I did. And that you were very responsible and tender and gentle with them. So I, I think you have a gift there, hon. So he was taking care of the little one, and I was with the six-year-old. It caused some anxiety for me because this girl is a very active six-year-old. She's not the stand by the adult side and hold hands and be careful. No, she wants to get out and experience the world, and she wants to make herself present, for front of the line kind of thing. She's go, go, go. And as I watched her, I could not help thinking that it would be so easy for someone just to grab her, shove her into a car and would never see her again. You know, you, with the thousands of people there, you just don't know. My, my, I was very intently aware of safety issues and making sure she's safe. And when they would turn that bubble machine on and everyone was covered in bubbles, they were unrecognizable. You know? <laughs> the bubbles were everywhere and coming down fast like a blizzard. It's hard to keep track of her anyway because she moves so fast. But when all of the everyone is covered in bubbles, it's hard to tell who's who. And she liked to sit down in the bubbles because they were pretty deep. And when she sat down, you could barely see her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was making me nervous. And of course, I could have been right by her in the bubbles, but that just wasn't an experience I wanted. <laughs> it was pretty muddy in there underneath oh, yeah. the bubbles. <laughs> yeah, it was. she was covered in mud. But I watched her at one point. They were playing music, and she was dancing to the music and loving the bubbles and just really 
the look on her face was pure joy. She was having an experience I think she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And she was loving being there, being a part of it all. And this is one of the few times that I've seen her not out actively making friends because everybody was just so busy playing in the bubbles. There wasn't much time for talking and doing things. Well, she, she was scooping up bubbles and putting them on other children. And yeah, she does yeah. interact. Yeah. She, she loves to interact. And that's another thing. She's very comfortable around strangers. She'll, she'll go up and talk to any adult and which is another thing that makes me nervous. But as I'm analyzing the situation, I'm observing that with the setup where we were, vehicles weren't allowed. We had to walk in quite a distance to get to where the event was. And so, you know, I'm thinking, well, if somebody did snatch her, they'd have to carry her quite a distance before they could put her into a car. And, and just analyzing, okay, now what is my irrational fear and what is actual danger? So are you coming from the aspect of the stranger danger philosophy that was so prevalent for many years? Yeah, yeah, I am. And just wanting her to be safe, and especially as a grandparent. Well, first of all, you love that child just like they're your own. You know, your, your children's children are precious to you, but you also feel the weight of that responsibility when a grandchild is in your care. You want to make sure that nothing bad happens to them. You know, not, nothing worse than having to call your child and say, okay, I'm at the emergency room. You know, your, your child just broke a bone or, you know, you do not want to go there. You want to be there to support your children in raising their children in any way you can, transportation, you know, supervising them. And of course, it is dear to the heart of a grandparent to spend time with those precious grandchildren. Watch that miracle of them growing up. Could I live with it if something happened to my granddaughter when I was responsible for supervising her and ensuring her safety? So that brings up today's topic. Where is that line between you're just doing the sensible, logical things to keep your children safe, and when have you crossed it to overprotecting? Hovering, helicopter parenting, Paranoia. You know, and I thought of that. I thought of that term. Um, I love the book, Love and Logic, Parenting with Love and Logic by Jim Fay. I love that. He roughly describes three types of, of parenting. One is the, the helicopter parent, where you're doing something for them they could do for themselves. You are just hovering, trying to rescue them from the world and anything bad that can happen. Then there's the drill sergeant who's just con completely controlling their life. No, a drill sergeant parent probably wouldn't have taken them to a place like that. Probably would have hired a babysitter and kept them home. <laughs> and, and I thought about that. And I remembered the joy on my granddaughter's face. She was having an experience and loving it. 
that's what made me think, take reasonable measures to make sure she's safe. I was watching her closely, watching who came close to her, who was around her, and what she was doing, getting, you know, and then when they turned the bubble machine off and she came out of the mud, then I would be up closer <laughs> to her while she went to the other activities and events. And, and then I thought, well, David's with a 17-month-old. So much easier to snatch a baby, but... But I had, I had some advantages. Number one, we had a stroller so that she could spend part of her time safely strapped in her stroller and sheltered from the sun, and, and we could seek out some shade. We didn't have to be in the middle of the activity of the bubbles. Uh, in fact, there was one time that uh, the older one came and brought some bubbles over and put them on her feet and on her hands. And <laughs> she was experiencing it, but she was not getting into it the way the older one was. Yes. So she was just totally uh, observing what was going on, but not absorbed in the activities. And she would kick her feet a little bit when she'd hear the music. She'd kind of kick to the music and jostle her body. But she was definitely not as into it as the older one. And I felt, you know, I thought about that. I thought, well, David is right with her. You didn't leave her for no, a minute. No, she was never more than a foot or two away from me. <laughs> so, you know, we knew she was safe. And yet, and, and it's, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. Their parents could have hired a babysitter and just left them home. But the, the six-year-old, we were there at the finish line, and she was watching for her parents. And when she found them and identified, she ran out to join them and completed the rest of the race with them. She would not have had that experience just staying at home. Well, and, and you, while you were waiting for the parents to show up, you got her involved in cheering all of the racers as they crossed the finish line. And I'm sure she enjoyed that. It seemed, seemed to me like she was enjoying. Yes, yes. It, it was a beautiful day. It was, it's, it was wonderful to be outside and exciting to be around other people. They had a lot of interesting displays. She was fascinated with those. She loved the bubbles. And some of the racers were dressed in interesting costumes, too. There were tutus and uh, clown suits and all kinds of different things that they were wearing. In the end, I decided I'm glad we did that. I feel like there, has, there needs to be a balance between keeping your child safe and allowing them to experience life and believe in themselves, believe that they are capable of keeping themselves safe. A helicopter parent would be tying shoes for a child who has learned to tie them themselves. Children with special needs don't meet those traditional age milestones. I have great respect for those parents who understand that. And in spite of ridicule they may get for others, know their child's unique needs and care for them wisely. 
And whether it's a special needs child or just one growing up ordinarily, it's still preferable to observe carefully what their capabilities are and encourage them to take the next steps to get to a new level, to learn a new skill, to become more confident and capable rather than continuing to do something for them that you have been doing for them. And yet they're getting older and more practiced at things and they could be capable of doing things. So just like training a, a, an infant to start walking, we encourage them. We cheer them on. We help them stand up. We assist them in learning the balance. And as they start gaining confidence, then they do more and more of that on their own. When I had the young one there uh, in, the, in the cart, she didn't like being just in the uh, stroller the, stroller she got the whole time. Got tired of the stroller. And sometimes she wanted to be picked up. She wanted to get a better view of what was going on. And so at the start of the race, I would ha I had her up on my shoulder so that they could see, she could see mom and dad and they could wave and, and she enjoyed watching that. But again, she didn't want any of that for long periods of time. So on the shoulders got old, in the stroller got old, putting her out on the grass, that got old real fast because she doesn't yet enjoy the feel of grass on <laughs> <Right>. her legs. <laughs> very much a sensory thing. Well, they do. Yeah. She was okay getting out and sitting on the, uh, on the asphalt where we were in the shade uh, and it was not overly hot. Uh, she enjoyed that for a while. But again, vary the experience and permit them to explore to, to the degree that they are capable. Obviously, the older one, very capable of doing almost anything she wants. The younger one, much more limited, but still loved getting varied experiences. And I recommend Parenting with Love and Logic. I love that book. It's got a lot of wisdom in it. And you know, this, this parenting concept and that balance goes beyond that. It, it goes right to the workplace. I have had bosses that were helicopter bosses. Yeah. And I've had other... Micro, that's called micromanagement. And, and drill sergeants and all kinds of different things that you can think of. And... The jobs I appreciated the most were the ones that taught me what I needed to do and accepted that I was capable of doing them and then had minimum uh, amounts of supervision after that point. They would just check up and make sure things were flowing mm -hmm. and that I was you know, able to accomplish what was needed. And I think that is where we need to go with parenting as the children age. And the emphasis is on the training because that's one of the drawbacks to being a helicopter, a helicopter parent is they don't provide the training. They're just intervening saying, no, no, don't. Right. They're not teaching. This is how to become a responsible, competent adult. And 
the consulting parent is. They're teaching. These are some things you need to know. Here are some tasks. Getting them involved with learning to manage a budget, knowing how to clean house, yeah. how to interact with other people, how to get along. A, a lot of people have found that as time has gone on in our society, there are, uh, in many areas, more and more adult children that never learned how to budget money, never learned how to figure out how to stretch what they were earning. And they, they would just see that mom and dad had all this stuff and they wanted it because now that they're married, they should have all that, not realizing that it took mom and dad 20 or 30 years to accumulate all that. Yep, and that's so true. It, it is very important to continue that education in all aspects so that we are not only raising safe children, but when they get to be adults, that they are ready to take on adult responsibilities and know what to do with it. And it doesn't mean you're not setting limits and that you can give them choices letting them know, letting them learn how to make decisions. Right. And, and we taught our kids when they were little that their job, their sole job, <laughs> when we would take them into a store, was you've got to keep track of me because there's more of you guys than there are of me. And so your job is to make sure you can always see me. I will try my best to keep track of all of you, but, you know, four kids going in three different directions, one, one parent can't do that. And I like the idea too, of we gave them the responsibility. Yeah. And since, since they had a job to do as, especially as they got a little older, they were more capable of doing it. So the lesson here is to teach your children. Well, your grandchildren, Make sure they know how to take care of themselves. Supervise them appropriately. Give them choices and let them experience life. With a little responsibility. Yep. Yep. As, yep. as they are capable of handling it, give them more and more responsibility. The older I get, the more I realize the truth. And the only way you can have total freedom is with total responsibility. As long as you're still blaming something on someone else, you're not taking responsibility. You don't have total freedom. And we see a lot of that in our society, don't we? Yep. There, are, there are those that cannot recognize or will not recognize that they are responsible, largely responsible for whatever their situation in life is whether it's good or bad. So know your child, know their unique needs and capabilities, recognize as they're gaining skills, praise them, celebrate with them, and let them experience even situations that may make you nervous. Cross over into that cautious but not paranoid. Hope. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. 
Leave your comments, questions, and requests for future topics on our website, insupportoffamilies.com.